Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends and my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, boys, I want to get right into this because we have we have breaking news. We have a dispatch from the front. Uh, we have a dispatch from the ramification of our churches. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking, of course, of Barnabas Piper's appearance at the Dave Ramsey Christmas party. So, boys, we've talked... I think ad nauseum about Ramsey on this program. We've talked about how growing up, there was no Dave Ramsey. So growing up, there were no guys in our churches really who were obsessed with becoming millionaires and financially independent and couching it in the language of spirituality. Um, There were very few guys in the eighties and nineties with side hustles. Um, You didn't get to know a guy and then learn that he had like a side business flipping houses or selling chickens to homeschool kids or whatever. But all of that is part and parcel. Wait, I with thought being every in... homeschool person in the eighties sold chickens. <laughs> I'm confused. I, I don't think there were homeschool people in the eighties. There weren't where I grew up. But, oh no, that's uh, right. But... They were, they were called cults and everybody was nervous about them. <laughs> that's true. No one's nervous about them anymore uh, because they're, they're everywhere selling chickens and building empires and, getting financially independent and then being smug about it. Uh, so this is the world that we live in in 2019 where you're nothing uh, if you don't have your house paid off by 40. And uh, we have Dave Ramsey, by and large, to thank for this. So, Pipe, I want to frame this conversation in a way that will keep you okay with your, your new girlfriend. Um, and I want to do that by, like, me being the ass about this, by and large. And and I want to free you to defend Dave Ramsey and and talk about all the good he's doing and how he's saving marriages by helping people to get financially independent. And I'll be the bad cop on this one. So, uh, I went from you just a little reportage of what the party was like, what you saw, how it made you feel, et cetera. Well, yeah, I appreciate you putting me in a, in a position that's not like, I'm going to have to go dig myself out of a hole later. I might have to anyway, just cause, cause if that's the way I work, but, ah, dude, blame me. I'm the bad guy. All right. Ted's the bad guy. Um, Lauren, if you're listening to this, Ted is the bad guy. Um, <laughs> so the Dave Ramsey Christmas extravaganza uh, is – it is unlike any Christmas party I have ever observed or attended. It was uh, it was everything you would expect from like a massive corporate shindig minus like the cocaine and debauchery. I was so, going to ask about cocaine. That's crazy. You read my mind. Yeah, no cocaine. Well, I knew that was coming because I believe there was cocaine present at Nakatomi Plaza, and that was a, that's a natural connection to make. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, no cocaine that I'm aware of. No obviously mm-hmm. strung out people. Um, so, first of all, Dave's whole premise in this in in like this endeavor of his is essentially get rich so that you can live comfortably with no regrets and be generous. Well, he, I think he basically lives up to what he teaches with that because he's very generous. This, this, like they foot the bill for the, what had to be millions of dollars worth of Christmas party. Um, so every employee is given money to go out to dinner before the thing starts, like just a set amount. And you can, you know, anything above that is on you. So, uh, so we went to dinner at this really nice steak place and then we went to the Opryland hotel, which for those of you who haven't been there is not a hotel. It is an alternate, it's an alternate universe. Um, mm-hmm. have you been there, right, Ted? I have, but it's been a few years. Okay. Yeah. Ronnie, you ever been to the Opryland hotel? I have. Okay. So you go in and you, when you pull up, it's like, it's like 
glass domes and different things and you're like this what is going on here and you go in and there's there's different sort of um like arenas or pods with rooms around them and so one of them is sort of jungle themed one of them is a little bit more like waterfalls and alpine kind of thing and then there's ballrooms it's impossible to find your way around but they deck it out with more christmas lights than i've ever seen in one place ever so the whole thing is just sort of this this festive alternate universe full of tourists and now full of very nicely dressed Ramsey employees and their dates. Um, so we, we get there, you go in, everybody has a lanyard. They have this thing locked down with security so that only Ramsey people can get in and out. There's no, no, no gate crashers at this party. Um, and you go into this massive ballroom, which has three or four bars set up, photo booths, whatever. And you look around, you're like, this is going to be a nice party. Like, it's a big ballroom. There's there's drinks, there's mm-hmm. hors d'oeuvres, whatever. Um, and then um, and then they then they start the program. And they got the big stage. It's, they do like a 10-minute hype video. So imagine like the video Dude, that played great. before the Chicago Bulls came out in the 90s. <laughs> you know, lights yeah. go down, music like thumping through your sternum kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just highlights of everything that they've done over the course of the year. So the number of people they've helped, the amount of debt they've helped relief, uh, investments, blah blah blah. You know, they call out all the different uh, all the different departments, and so you hear cheers from different parts of the room and stuff like that. Then the lights come back up, and Dave like sprints on stage. He is the nice. most, he's the most energetic little rich man I have ever seen. Is he a little um, guy? Is he a, Dave's a short guy, yeah, isn't he? he? He can't be tall. Oh, I love eight. He's uh, he's not a big man. Um, yep. and, I knew it. And he, you know, he thankfully he kept his remarks brief, but it That's was good. it was basically just reiterating what I said at the beginning. Like our goal is to be really successful so that we can give all this away, and we want you to have a great time. And then they called out like their I don't know what his role is there his chief hype man officer or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he did sort of like the breakdown for the evening. Turns out there wasn't one ballroom that they were using. There was four. Plus, nice. an, plus an outdoor uh, patio plaza. So there was a jazz club ballroom. There was a like Cuban-themed salsa dancing ballroom. Yeah. There was a silent, of course there was. There was a silent disco ballroom, which uh-huh. I did not set foot in. Um, I'm not sure what a silent disco is. Is that so, a thing I should be aware of? It, it Ron, is. Do you know? <laughs> silent disco? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I'm familiar. Okay. I don't know. Me neither. So this is what a silent disco is. It is where you go in and they give you headphones and you play uh, oh, no, I do you know play music right. of your yeah. choice. So everybody's listening to different music. I totally and know. Yeah, dancing I totally and you're watching people and hearing nothing. Everybody's sort of grooving, gyrating, dancing to the music of their own choice. And these are all rich suburban Nashville white people doing this, by and large. Largely. I mean, yeah. well, it's like I want to be with you, but I don't want to listen to the music you like. So if I can just kind of like I can be with you in spirit, but just be trapped in my own mind with my own tunes. Well, it's there's, perfect. There's also there's also like gradations of wealth in the room because it's it's yeah. a thousand person company. So there, I'm sure there are people there who make like thirty five grand doing you know secretarial work or whatever. So there's you know there, there's a, there's quite an array. But yes, mm-hmm. um, mostly people between the ages of twenty five and forty 
uh, of the middle and upper middle class white variety. There we go. Then the outdoor plaza shocking had a cigar lounge uh, with, nice. with a bourbon tasting because uh, Dave, Dave loves bourbon. Oh, so, Davey. Um, That's surprising. That's kind of surprising. Uh, and, he's a rich guy. He likes he likes the finer it, things. It could be considered controversial. Um, he's a, in certain he's a southern he's a southern rich guy, which is why it's bourbon and not scotch. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so they actually had a guy come in who works at Buffalo Trace Distillery. Who? Uh, oh, nice. Of course, they did. Who? Who kind of oversaw and helped with the the bourbon tasting? Then on the other side of this plaza was the photo booth with the live reindeer. Yep. So all of this, all of this happened, and employees just had access to all this, along with you know hors d'oeuvres everywhere and desserts and like yeah. a make your own s'mores station and stations. Everything was multiple stations. Um, steaks provided by Maddie Chan. Ooh, you know, Maddie I, didn't, I didn't see Texas Craft Steaks present, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's a something that's a connection we can make for next year. Yeah. I like it. Now, Ronald, do you have do you have Dave worshipers in your church? I'm sure you do. Do you know? I mean, we absolutely do, but like we never mm-hmm. talk about it, and I haven't really like I haven't been inundated with like envelope cash cashy shares. So I don't. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't know. I mean, I know we have to have those. Sure. But I don't. I don't think I've really had a convo with anybody in the last few years about anybody sort of like bowing at the altar of of uh, of DRAM. Of Dave of you know? DRAM. Yeah. 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 I, I just don't. It's which is weird when you think about it because I feel like it's weird that just you saying it right now, Big T. Like I can't mm-hmm. believe I haven't been approached by somebody saying, "Surely, Ronnie, 2020 is going to be the year when you finally do." Like a Dave Ramsey like seminar or something. Financial yeah, Peace yeah. University is the name you're looking for. That's Sorry, the, uh, that's the that's church correct. program. Yeah, I love how Pipe just has all the lingo. Down Absolutely, Pipe's like basically that. an employee at this point. Pretty Dude, much. How long before Pipe goes to work for? Oh, one hundred percent. I was gonna. I didn't want to bring it up, but I mean, are you saying like spring twenty twenty? Are you gonna give him to the fall? All right. There's a here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about working for Dave Ramsey's company. Yeah, I would get fired in seven minutes. Um, Why? Because you're you're too you're too much like us. Because yeah. you like because, to spend money, pipe, or like what are we talking? You know, about? I I may be carrying some debt with me right now. That's probably a no fly <laughs> oh. zone. Um, actually, they'll hire people who are in debt, and then they they're like, we're gonna make a plan for you to get out of this. Um, uh-huh. no, it's because I have too many opinions and I don't shut my mouth. So yeah. well, other than that, yeah, he's. His company consistently is rated as one of the best places for people to work like by, you know, business, you know, the the annual publications by business magazines and stuff like that. So best in Nashville. But the people who leave there hate it. So it's so like 90 whatever percent of the people and they have a really rigorous interview process. I know a bunch of people who have gone like six interviews in and haven't gotten jobs. So they're trying to vet really closely who works there so that it fits. Yeah. And so the people who are in there are really in there. And I wouldn't make it past two interviews, I don't think, because they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> this is not going to happen. Um, just because I I don't do well marching to the beat of a corporate yeah. drum very well. A corporate drum that's a little bit cultish. And again, this is me talking and not, not bad. Bad copying it. We got you. Yeah. yeah, this is me bad copying. Now, not to take it to two serious or like i don't know theological of a place but what would what would like a ramsey disciple do with proverbs 38 
which is the whole like uh, give me neither poverty nor riches thing. Proverbs thirty-eight. Um, Proverbs only has thirty-one chapters. Proverbs the difference 30, between Dave Ramsey and David. Oh, Blatt. thirty verse eight. It, verse Got eight. you, dude. Mike, you went all you went all like vacation <laughs> Bible school on me right there. Wow. I was like, wait a, I was like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? <laughs> Got you. T, okay. Do you even know your scripture? That was awesome, though. That was awesome. No, it was good. No, feel, you know what I'm talking about, I feel though. Justified give justified the... in my smugness. Yeah, the whole give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. You know, that that whole deal. Um, I'm sure they have an answer for that. You know, and I, I, w- I would be curious to know what it is. I would say that I am uh, more than mildly uncomfortable with the use of scripture to defend the pursuit of wealth. Yeah, I think scripture has a lot to say about money, uh, and it has a lot to say about debt, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of proverbs about how debt is terrible, so Dave's got that part right. Uh, yeah. And there are some proverbs that talk about if you may, you know, if you're wise, there will, you know, in terms of there will be blessing. But there's, you can't turn a proverb into a promise. That's right, right. the poor use of scripture. So yeah, there's there's some loosey goosey sort of like use money in this, you know, in this way to get this that I I haven't heard it from Dave's mouth so I don't want to I don't want to sure, speak sure. ill of him but his followers definitely will treat it they they spin it to a health and wealth gospel type of thing yeah. where basically if you do these things then you will be rich and well off which you just yeah. don't, you don't find that in in scripture very I would almost clearly. be more excited about his thing if it wasn't Christian you know what I mean like it's if it was just a collection of good ideas. Like it's a it's a really great idea to not be in debt and to not like, you know, go crazy on credit cards, buying more than you can afford, and like all those are they're they're all really good principles. Well, that's the yeah, thing. you wish you wish it didn't have the twist. T is that what you're saying? You just wish it was like pure principles. Like there wasn't. Well, yeah, like- and, and like we've talked about ad nauseum, even vis a vis like Pipe's dad and and yeah. people that we like. Like you know, the followers are always crazier than the than the OG you know, person who had the idea. Yeah. And followers versus the founders, man. Always. Followers versus the founders. And it just seems like the followers, we, we so desperately want someone in Christendom to tell us that it's okay to be rich. I mean, that's what, that's what people desperately want maybe more than any other thing. So and, um, it, I think Dave has provided that. And you I know? think from a biblical standpoint, there's plenty to be said that it's okay to be rich. Like there are rich people all over the Bible who are not condemned for sure. being rich. Then there's also like it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle kind of thing. And and so there's there's some warnings against the idolization of or the idolatry of money. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a both end. Like I, when, when I – I remember having a conversation with Ray Orland shortly after I got to Emmanuel and we were talking about something related to this. And he just said, he's like, money's just a thing. Like it's a thing you use like anything else. And so the pursuit is like the pursuit of more of it can be bad. The use of it well is good. If you have a lot of it, great. If you don't have a lot of it, you're not less loved or blessed. It's just a thing. But we we just attach so much meaning and significance to it. And it is a pretty, you know, I mean, it's one of the only things I think the Bible calls a master, too. Like, you serve money or you serve God. You don't yeah. hear that a lot about, like, I don't know, use of time or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. That's a that's a good word for sure. Pipe, anything else on the on the Ramsey Christmas party extravaganza? Oh, let me think. Um how weird did you feel? Like scale of one to ten, ten being the most weird, one being I love everything about this. Um, 
What, what okay, was our so, level of weirdness? Wait, so 10 is most weird. One is I loved everything about it. Um, yeah. I would put myself like, at a, I don't know, four. Yeah. Because it, there were some people, like you, you could tell, there were people who were just sort of like eyes bugging out of their head, crazed about the whole thing, kind of all sure, in sure. madness. The group who I was with... Uh, was a much more low key bunch, more inclined to like get some drinks, mingle, move from room to room, kind of appreciate the whole experience, but not go nuts, yeah. which yeah. suits me just fine. Um, and then, I mean, the, honestly, the 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 thing for it, like I had to kind of psych myself up for beforehand, was like I'm gonna meet a hundred people who yeah. I've never met before. So yeah. there's just sort of the the social mingle aspect of it, which I can navigate just fine. I just uh, had to get myself in the right frame of mind. But, I mean, it was it was definitely one of those things that I'm like, I'm glad I was there. That was an experience for sure. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It was fun for sure. And, uh, and there was no forced fun. That's the other thing. There was no, like, we're all going to do X, which yeah. I would have I gone straight to most uncomfortable. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Boy, speaking of things that occasionally make us uncomfortable, um, I want to talk about how men talk about how they weep all the time. This is a new thing. <laughs> this is a new development in ministry, Ronald, so I want to get your take on this. But it seems like more and more we run into guys who um, they they're, they want to hurry up and tell you about the last time they wept and how they've been weeping. And um, this is coming from a crier, boys. I'm 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 a crier too, so uh, I'm not judging it by any stretch. It's just become a funny thing for crier people to talk or a about. weeper. Uh, I want to say crier because I don't feel like I do a lot of like I associate weeping with like like blubbering. Like there's kind of like a there's like a sound coming out of your your chest or like your vocal cords when you're weeping. Whereas like if I watch a okay, Ron. I watched the uh, we watched the episode last night where um, Mr. Carson and Mrs. Hughes got married. Yeah, and, just, uh, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I cried a little bit. I teared yeah, up. Yeah, you choked bit. up. I understand. Dude, I did because I I love those two. Absolutely. Man. And it was it was really happy. It and then Tom Branson walked in and show. ruined it at the reception. But oh, uh, you didn't like that part? That part choked me up, baby. Dude, no, I don't like Branson. I just think. Oh uh, well, that part choked me up because his return was so emotional, and oh, yeah, I just think he's boring. It wasn't emotional to me. I wanted him to stay gone. Well, there you but, go. The uh, difference between crying and weeping, right there. Exactly. So, <laughs> baby, conversation you're in is going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta pivot away from Downton real quick. Um, you're a man of the cloth. You you probably run into these weeping guys. What's your what's your take on this? Well, I remember like when I first got into ministry and like I, I never heard everyone use the word weep so much. Yeah. And, and, I, and I remember like having conversations about that, like just what you're just what you boys are saying, which is like, wait a minute, you guys like are, are we going all like KJV? Is that why you say weep instead of mm. cry? like I didn't know like what the context was. And then what I what I kind of realized is that at least from a ministry context is people say weep for you to get the idea that they're not merely crying. They're not really yeah. getting choked up, but this yeah. is something that is like pouring out from the depths of their soul. So yeah. weeping is almost to me is like from a man's point of view, like the more justified cry because yeah. to cry means like, what, what are you watching? Like a rom-com, like you yeah. want to with your wife crying, like, dude, you can't do that. Man up, stop crying, stop whining. But when uh -huh. you say 
tweet, it, it's like it's, it's like, like oh, it's, it's okay. It's coming from yeah. a deeper, more justified yeah. place, right? If you so direct about something serious, yeah, it's like the, it, it's like the reformed yeah. man's cry is it's what it's reformed man's cry. So, so weeping is the is the spiritual ugly crying. So, like, yes, ugly cry is the other phrase that gets thrown around all the time. Not as much by guys, although it's, you know, it, it is fairly frequently used, which doesn't make any sense to me because I'm not aware of a lot of attractive crying. But um, <laughs> so weeping is the spiritually defensible ugly cry. Well, Pipe, it's like this. The verse isn't Jesus cried. <laughs> it's Jesus, Jesus cried. wept. Jesus it's also not Jesus bit. ugly yeah. cried. <laughs> well, we don't know that, uh, that's, but, but it's not what it says. Maybe, although maybe, maybe that's but it like says wept. <laughs> maybe Eugene Peterson Jr. will do a message part two, and and that's what that verse will say or something. Correct. Yeah, okay. it could be. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, right? Eugene Jr. Right? UGJ. But um, yeah, so I that's how I've always read it, and I, it's so weird. You, it's so weird you brought this up, Big T, because like it's something that me and Big M have talked about like repeatedly over the years. He's really because, like, what's her take on? It? Like, well, yeah, it's where, so where weird she... because like she just kind of it's a little eye rolly for her, if I'm being honest, sure. because it's sure. like so it'll be it'll be like she'll be like, oh, let me guess, he was weeping. Mm. <laughs> it'll be like that. <laughs> it'll be like that kind of a vibe. Was Maybe he crying now, or was, let me guess, was he weeping, you know, kind of a thing? Not to put, like, too fine a point on this, and Pipe, you can answer this, too, because you move about, and you, you guys both conference a lot, and so you meet a lot of people in ministry. Um, like, do you do you encounter this a lot, like, where you're you're hanging with some dude at a conference, and he just starts weeping? Like, do you get a lot of weepiness in those, in those settings from, like, a, peers in the business? You know what I mean? I don't, I mean, I don't know about you, Pipe. No, not in that setting. I'll get... Are they so happy to be at a conference that they're not like exactly getting it's kind weepy. of a no weep zone, I feel it's like it's a no weep zone. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. but like when you're doing like a thing where you know you're maybe in like a small like pastor's group mm. and somebody's kind of like sharing their heart and then I, I think oh. you'll see the I think you'll see that's like the weep zone. You'll see the weep really, come out. E- like weeping yeah. or like getting choked up because I feel like I mean there there's a gradient of crying here, right? Like you've got You've got tear running down, like you a little bit, a little bit teary eyed. You've got choked yeah. up, you know, where it's a little bit harder to speak. You've yeah. got, you know, like letting the tears come down your face, more, more flowing. That's that's like crying. That's not quite ugly crying. Then you move into like the sobbing, weeping, ugly cry zone. Those all seem, those are various levels of sanctified, I guess. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and I, so I think those are sort of the other end of the spectrum. I don't. I don't know the last time I saw a guy weep other than just like a, f- a handful of people who have received utterly devastating news. That's what I think yeah. we're getting at. It's more of like the it's more of like where it's like what the what the uh, like what the occasion. Dude, but no, but I, I think weeping what, more than the kind of crying it is. I think. I think what you guys are getting at vis-a-vis the weeping though is that these guys are like it's it's normal to weep if you you know find out that your mom is dying or you know uh, I don't know. Like you, you get that devastating news. It's normal, but like, aren't aren't you guys more talking about dudes using it almost as a persona thing? Like, I was just weeping for, you know, war refugees or oppressed women or you yeah, know what, like, whatever it is that someone could be weeping for. There's a, a movie. There's a movie that just came out with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson about a marriage falling apart, and I saw like five people were like, "This movie made me weep." I'm like, "Well, first of all, I don't think it did. Second yeah. of all, uh, now I don't want to see it." You know, that, that does not make me want to watch a movie. Um, but, yeah, like, I, it feels persona driven to me because mm-hmm. I just it's really hard to imagine somebody just like blubbering 
over yeah. some of the things that people say they weep about. Crying, yes. Tearing up, yes. Being emotional, yes. And also, I'm not... I'm not an anti-crier. Like there, I'm not. I didn't grow up in a house where it's like crying is weak or something like that. I'm not prone to cry, but this is much more a matter of like, don't misrepresent what you're doing. It seems yeah. like a pile of crap when people say they weep about <laughs> some of the things that they say they weep about. Oh, yeah, I sure. think like I think from yeah. So when you get on like when you get on social media and you have like ministry leaders or pastors saying like this drove me to weeping or something like. It can be, yeah, it can be something that feels manipulative in some ways. Like, are you just, are you trying to put that out there so that we, we think of you a particular way or we think like there's, there's like a, there's a depth there that you want us to respond to and be, be drawn to, I guess. And I mean, I mean, you guys have all been in those meetings where you've, I mean, you've all been in those meetings where somebody like just like breaks down in a way that you thought, well, that's strange. That's breaking them down. You know, what yeah, I mean? but like I, you would have thought, like, I'm not sure like that, like maybe like maybe there's something else going. Maybe there really is something else like going on there, because this seems sure. like something that wouldn't cause him to break down. That's how you sure. Know. Baby, what are the odds you can use the word weeping in a in a Yoda tweet this next week? I want to take something from every episode and have you work it into a Yoda tweet. Yeah, I'll work it. I want I'm that like, to oh, be a man. New... Ron was throwing fastballs earlier this week. I'm trying to remember Dude, what. Dude, really? Was. His Yoda work was great. Oh. What do you mean? I was oh, not no, at all. No, it was, no, 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 no. This it was Dave, like you're being humble. You're being all humble about your. I'm Yoda not. Tra- no, it was. It was, on, past, it was pastoral Yoda tweeting, not like not like inspirational leader garbage. But uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all carry on. I'm gonna find one. It was. Uh, the it was so good. Yeah, that's good. not not your usual pap. Your See, usual I feel, dribble. I feel so much better that it wasn't just inspirational yeah. Ramsonian, you know, leader <laughs> tweeting. Ramsonian leader tweeting. <laughs> I want you to write one of those though. Do it. Do I it. mean, there's a fine line between the two, right? Between pastoral Yoda tweeting and Ramsonian leader tweeting. Oh, it's it's a massive difference. Like one one of them, Tim <laughs> Keller is the OG of the other. Like Michael Hyatt's the OG of, and one of these oh, is not like the goodness. other. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Dude, speaking oh, okay. of movies, no, no, this, this is it. This no, was this was yeah. twenty one hours ago from the time of this recording. Oh, so this is boy. still like, oh, Ronald, oh, still boy. fresh. This is so good though. Like it's a great tweet. Yeah. Later it says later. God will withhold a good gift from you when it's not a gift good when it's not a good gift for you, which oh. is why he's good. Gosh, that's good Yoda work. Yeah, <laughs> that's if a good I, gift. If I of hadn't Yoda stumbled work. over it, it would have had more resonance to it. That was me getting all excited. Sorry, everybody. I was read replying. it again, pipe. I'm gonna make my, more out there. I have a, I have my a mistake is going to make me weep. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, God will withhold a good gift from you when it's not a good gift for you, which mm. is why He's good. Oh man! So yeah, yeah Ronnie out here throwing pastoral let Yoda tweet again. I just dropped now, my blue mic. Ronald, I have a, I have a question for you. How how long did it take you to craft that Yoda tweet? Like, is that are we looking at like a whole afternoon for that, or does that does that get done in fifteen minutes? <laughs> Baby, do you have it? to fail. I just literally no. It, it was like twenty. It was like five seconds. I don't. Do you have know. like a Moleskine journal like labeled no, Yoda, no, Yoda no, stuff? No, no. Not a, no okay. I just do it. I just. I was thinking about something in regards to something I was writing, and I just popped it out there. That's so all when you're in airports and like killing all this time on trips, you don't you don't fill the moleskin with Yoda stuff that you then just kind of release on a on a schedule. I'm not even a moleskin guy, yeah. So I, no, I don't do. You're that. not. No. What are you writing in, baby? I, I don't. I, I just huh? I I just yeah I just have little uh, I just I jot down little notes and I don't know. 
Maybe I yeah. could have sworn you were a moleskin guy. No, I'm really not. I mean, I'm not anti that or anything. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah, I don't. It's not yeah, it's just never been my thing. But. Interesting. I mean, I'm a I you know I, I use the saddleback version of a moleskin if you're trying to get technical about it. But well, with, yeah, I mean you oh, you I use some do you ever? Other, yeah, you use some kind of ridiculous thing yeah, to write. I don't jot down notes though. I'll, I'll I'll just do like a little quick notepad on my iPhone thing. Like if I have to remember yeah. something, like I don't, yeah, I don't really like I don't I don't break out the uh, you know. I don't break out the, the pen to do that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, same yeah. same difference. But, same yeah. diff, man. That's same good. Diff. Oh, baby, that's really good. Appreciate that. I Thanks, like, Pipe. You know. Piper, do you feel like um, in, in the same way that Brett McCracken is the Brett McCracken of writing about Terry Malick, that Ron, Ron is like the Brett McCracken of Yoda work? You know what I mean? I mean, I wish I was. I wish I was as good with Yoda work as as, as McCracky is with uh, you know. <laughs> Didn't McCracky just drop a new Terry Malick piece? Hundred percent. I think he might have dropped like four, I, oh, and maybe you know maybe maybe it was so long they broke it into four parts. But um, yeah, he. Do you think it was o- owed to Terry Malick part eleven thousand? Do you think Terry Malick is his dad? Do, like, does the math work age wise? Brett what? Brett McCallick? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm Brett looking McCallick? up uh, looking up Terry Malick. Oh, it's Terrence Malick. That's right. Google won't find Terry Malick, will it? Well, dude, I mean, can you even like that new mo- that new Malik vehicle? Is that even is that even out there for public consumption yet? I don't uh, know. You, no. I'm not going to be get, consuming like, it either the way. Math does totally Brett get like works preview? Out. Does he get like preview privileges? I bet he gets screeners. Oh yeah, he gets. I bet, I bet he's he gets like screeners. he gets to go to to screenings and stuff. It, the math totally works out. Terry uh, nice. Malik is seventy six. Brett is my age. We were and we were at Weedon together, so he will be. He's he's like thirty six, thirty seven. So, yeah, easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. McCrack went to Wheaton? He did. We were on the same floor my freshman year. Oh, that's incredible. What was, Dude, what was his persona that. at Wheaton? Was he like film guy? Was he oh, beret wearing yes. scarf? A lot, well, no, he, his, pers- his persona outwardly was just like crisp, pulled together yeah. suburban kid. His, was he North Face guy? Kind uh, of? He was more like J. Crew. Got it. Yep. Um, And then, yeah, so like preppier rather than like rugged um and then i mean he's a he has a really like he's just an even keel kind demeanor but his Mm -hmm. writing has always been what it is now like he was the film review guy for the whedon college newspaper for four years like he got it right out of the gates as a freshman um so i there was another guy on the floor who was like filmmaker guy so he's the one who's like watching requiem for a dream on repeat tour yeah yeah, while while listening to radiohead loudly that kind of thing Um, that guy yeah. yeah, he and I weren't friends. Um, nope. Brett and I got along fine because he was nice to people and was he he wasn't pompous at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his his interaction with art, he always had like the uh, the very refined taste that you mm-hmm. could just sort of tell. Like he had a refined taste about everything, like clothes, food, movies, whatever. He was he that was his thing. Dude, did McCrack play under murals? I don't remember. He might have. I don't feel like I would have remembered that because that's pretty much what I majored in. So um, yeah, I don't. Huh. I don't recall seeing him out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Boys, we have time for one more quick topic, and it has nothing to do with Brett, Brett McCracken because as much as we goof on him for his love of Terrence Malick, um, he's not a toxic person. And uh, boys, I'm getting a notification on my computer that my microphone has changed. Um, so apologies about that. I think it screwed up my recording. Um, so hopefully we great. can 
Chad. Yeah, it's it's not great, baby. It really isn't great. Um, Goodness, you didn't, we can... you didn't move to Ohio, did you? <laughs> no, no. It's nothing with my internet. I think it's just okay. microphone weirdness. But hopefully, we can go with the Skype copy. But um, it's still working. It'll be fine. We have to we have to talk about toxic people and cutting toxic people out of our lives, which is a another trending topic these days as the new year approaches and resolutions get made. Um, there are a lot of people talking about um, how they're going to get toxic people out of their lives. My question to you boys, um, and we'll start with you pipe is a, what does this mean? And B, how do you actually get a toxic person out of your life? Because as I, as I think about it, it's not really optional. You know what I mean? I, yeah, just, I think you just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other, <laughs> if you need to remove somebody from your life, I think you're left with that option. Um, yeah. You got to put a hit on them, which yeah. means James McDonald, we can, we can look into which, his, which seems like, work. it seems like a toxic solution to a toxic problem potentially. It really does. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure that, and it's frowned upon as well. I think the hardest part with answering this question for me is trying to define like what is, what is toxic? Yeah. Like what, there are people who are jerks. There are people yeah. who are annoying. There are people who are exasperating, who are frustrating. There are people who are like they, they there's sort of an array of of things. How how many of those things do they have to be before you're like, oh, that person is toxic? Yeah, you know, at the extremes, it's fairly obvious. You know, if somebody's abusive or whatever, but right. I don't uh, I don't know how to diagnose the problem well enough to know who gets amputated from my life. Do you think that in 2019, toxic is just any person who isn't celebrating every single thing that you do? Yeah, or the same things that you're celebrating. So, right. yeah, if you lean towards a political candidate and they lean towards the other, they are very mm-hmm. clearly toxic, right? Absolutely. So everybody's toxic? Yeah. I guess, yeah. To somebody? We're all toxic yeah. to somebody? Yes. Oh. who? Wait, so if we all get removed, what happens? It's the new heavens and new earth. <laughs> Dude, let's do that. I'm ready for that, man. Wait, is, the, so ready. is that is that how we bring about the end of the world? I'm in. I let's do it. it. I think we're I, I think we're coming on to something. So right? much for sharing the gospel with all the nations. <laughs> all right. We just have to well, they're, all they're, cancel they're each other. Pipe. I mean, they're they're toxic nations. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Ronnie, I have a let, let's put it let's put a more personal point on this because. If uh, if you were counseling somebody and they were in, you know, they had some difficult relational things going on in their life with in-laws or siblings or whatever, and they said to you, I think I think they're just really toxic and I need to just I need to just kind of remove them from my life, which is a super normal sentence to be said in 2019, almost 2020. Uh, What would your response to this person be? Oh, man. Well, I would just say, hey, can we break down what you mean when you say toxic? Like, let's just try to define that. And then let's determine, um, like, how when you're in the situation that you're in where it starts feeling like toxicity, like how you can just be, I don't know, we can practice this thing called kindness, you know, in the middle of people not treating us incredibly well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's extreme. That sounds like crazy talk to me. <laughs> what, I, is, what is this that's you're really saying? bad counseling. I know. I, yeah, you wow. But I mean, seriously, I think if like if we're going to get serious about it for a minute, like I think there are some people that, yeah, they have such a damaging effect on us in terms of them being truly like toxic people that are like trying to take us down that maybe are gossiping and slandering. Yeah, there's probably a we, – we should. I think we have precedent to kind of push them away and get rid of them. 
I've had people recently in my life that I have to do that with for sure. So I think that that's, I think that's legit. And then there's other people that we need to have like forbearance for. We just need to be patient with. Maybe they're not trying to just see us, you know, brought down, but they have personalities that really clash with ours. And I would say, well, you know, calling them toxic is probably not accurate. We just need to be kind and, and uh, forbearing and patient. I don't know. Yeah. There's my counsel, boys. That's good. There it is for free. That was free. That's a, that's a that's a good pastoral word right it there just, from our our resident man of the cloth. Is it bad that my <clears throat> my gut response to this when somebody calls somebody else toxic is is to immediately turn it around on the person who made the claim and kind of be like, I mean, you you, you did this a little bit, Ron. Sort of, how do you define that? But just to to kind of put the onus on them to be like, yeah, but what yeah. are you what are you doing to resolve this situation? Yeah, I it, I think that's I think that's fair. And I think that's just because I see like, – it to me, most of these claims of toxicity that I see are people who are looking for an excuse to not be around those who annoy them. Yeah, or, I think that's did, totally or true. Or people who, yeah. who challenge them or like, like Ted said, don't, don't celebrate them or celebrate all the things they celebrate. And that's just ridiculous immaturity it seems like. Yeah, I mean like we're like – we're in this era where we don't think we have to – like if we don't want to tolerate somebody, then we we shouldn't have to. And I mean, Scripture just gives us a different path than that. You know what I mean? It's like Jesus Jesus was on a different path in in the way that he interacted towards people. That I mean, I would say we could even make the case for pretty toxic against him, and yet he didn't just find you know he just didn't you know discard them. I mean, yeah, other so. than when he drove them out of the temple with a whip, but you know, but there you go. So. You know, and when you're the son of God, <laughs> you, you get go. to do that too. That's yeah, true. And, man. And you you actually know when people are actually toxic versus just annoying. Dude, that, those are a couple. Insight, you know, those are a couple of the perks of being the son of God. Not gonna lie, just a couple of perks. <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. Well, boys, we are we are grateful that Jesus had compassion on us, and we are grateful for Compassion International having a sponsorship with us. Um, and in that vein, wow. Piper, why don't you why don't you tell us about compassion? I'd just like to pause and sit with that segue for a second. Greatest transition Man. of 2019. I'm, I do, te- I'm tearing I do up over voice. here. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, are you I'm weeping? Beginning, I'm beginning to weep. I'm oh. yeah. I'm on the verge of ugly crying. Oh no, this is oh, sanctified. No. I'm on the verge of weeping. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. You know what else will make you weep is uh, the pictures of these children who are in need of your help at compassion.com/slash/thehappyrant. Uh, Our partnership with Compassion is primarily built around um, the sponsorship of children, which is Compassion's primary ministry. So children all over the world who are in um, third world and developing countries who are in need of education assistance, medical help, and ultimately discipleship. And Compassion uh, will connect you with a child. Uh, You can pick age. Uh, gender, part of the world. If you have a if you have a particular connection that would work better for your family, that would connect well with your kids, whatever that is, they they will make that happen. It's thirty eight dollars a month. So uh, I just got an email today that my Hulu Live price is going up. Um, so Hulu Live is almost twice as much now as sponsoring a child, which makes me think I should be sponsoring children and not having Hulu Live. But just for uh, just for context sake. It is way cheaper than what we put into a lot of entertainment. So $38 a month, medical care, food, education assistance, mentoring, and then discipleship will be provided 
uh, for these kids. So again, go to compassion.com slash the happy rant. You can see the children there. You can get all the information. You can see how your money will be used, other ways to partner with compassion and support them. We would love to have you do that. Um, go check it out. And there you have it. Uh, another great promo read, maybe the last promo read of 2019 pipe. I think it is. Um, I hope I went out on a strong man. note. Dude, you did go out on a strong note, and it's been a strong year of promos, as it's been a strong year of Yoda tweeting from Ronald J. Martin, who is who's making a habit out of leaving every episode a little bit early. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't know we if get, we need. To- I think this is why he. Uh, I think it's why he likes putting the promo at the end because he's like, "Good, I can just skip the last five minutes." Because yeah, Pipe's yeah, going to yammer exactly. on, and then Ted's going to sign us off. Dude, we may have to we may have to confront Ronald in love about his lack of commitment to the program. But we we but, have to uh, do it carefully, or else we are toxic, and he will cut us out of his life, which would make this podcast awkward. Dude, I think we're kind of for sure toxic, you and me, in our own ways. I feel like I was real toxic about Ramsey at the beginning. I'm already kind of feeling guilt worry, about it. But cut, I'm not gonna... he, don't worry, he cut you out of his life already. So you're uh... oh, dude, he's he's definitely cut me out of his life, one hundred percent. So, yeah, I'm not going to feel too bad about it. But uh, Pipe, it's been fun, man. It's been a good year of radio for the program. And Lord willing, we will have another great year in 2020 with some new sponsors that we have lined up. Um, We've done what we always do on this program, Pipe, in that we've wandered to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. These EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue. Well, he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States. And at that time, we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from Rem Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.